Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about the luxury of versatility and the freedom of a summer day coming together for you at the perfect moment. Lease the 2019 NX300 all-wheel drive for $369 a month for 36 months with $29.99 to a signing. Experience amazing at your Washington area Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer valid in the Lexus Eastern area only and in September 3rd, 2019. Welcome to the Jarjur Brothers podcast. You are listening to a pre-recorded version of our show, Son Sports, a daily debate show about sports. And I'm your co-host, Sammy Jarjur. And I'm George Jarjur. And we're coming at you recorded and direct from the Sant Live studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Also, do not forget to tune in to our live Facebook show Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. and 4 p.m. Pacific time. You can tune in at facebook.com slash S-O-N-T live. And I'm glad to be here in Seattle, but stay cool, America. But first, please enjoy our intro music by Jacob West. We know why. Good morning and welcome into Sant Live. How y'all doing today? Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. Welcome into that being said with George and Sammy Jarjour, your morning sports show. It is episode 244 of Sant Live. Um, great sports week, great sports month, and we're here. I'm your co-host, Sammy Jarjour. And I'm George Jarjour, and we're coming at you live and direct from the Sant Live studios in sunny Everett, Washington. Thank you for joining us today, whether that's on Facebook.com slash Live or on our personal Periscopes. I'm at G. Jarjour. He's at Jarjour Sammy. You should follow us on Twitter and Instagram as we continue to grow and put out cool content for all y'all. I uh, hope you guys are having a fantastic Wednesday. As Sammy said, hump day. Um, I don't understand why they call it hump day, Sammy. Is it because of the, the, I know it has to do with camel and the camel back, but I don't get it. Is that, is that a serious uh, question? Why? Is it because a uh, uh, camel's hump is in the middle? It's the middle of the week, yes. And the camel's hump is in the middle. They could have done a better job of finding a better way to call Who's it. Who's they? Whoever they are. People they... call it hump day. It's hump day. You know what it meant. You were just asking. You knew that hump day was the middle of the week. Do you like it? Don't you think they should think of a better, better word, better situation? Absolutely not, because you can call Wednesday whatever you want. You can call it the middle of your week. You can call it hump day. You can call it... The mountain of your week, you can call whatever Ooh, you'd like. I like that, the mountain of a week. You know, the problem with hump day sometimes in the word hump day is the sexual connotation with the word hump sometimes. I think it's just really ruining our children here in the United States. It's not a sexual connotation until a creep makes it a, a sexual connotation. So, if uh, you think it's a sexual connotation, that's your problem and nobody else's. What are you doing over there? All right, well... Clayton Kershaw finally uh, finally did what I've been asking him to do. So today we got no negative words on Clayton Kershaw. Absolutely none. That was a performance. What a game. My man um, had another quality start. So still in first place for most quality starts since 2013 out of all playoff pitchers in the entire MLB. So um, still doing it. 11 strikeouts, no walks. Only the second pitcher in World Series history to do so. Um, Amazing. Clayton Kershaw, everybody. Clayton Kershaw. 
Yeah, um, he dominated that game. Uh, former Mariner Chris Taylor, first pitch of the World Series, of course goes yard, hits a home run, gives that Dodgers an instant one nothing lead. They only needed one more run after that to actually win the game. Um, they got, you know, uh, Justin Turner. Was the final score was three one or four one? Uh, three one. Three one was the final score. Either way. But, you know, in general, just Clayton Kershaw's performance yesterday is something we've been asking. Like when, when you're a superstar and you need to go out there and have a superstar performance, and he did that. I, I just hands hands down one of the best performances in world in the last, you know, modern World Series history, similar to Madison Bungardner's performances. And that's all we ask for. I mean, I know it's asking a lot, but when you're the best pitcher in baseball, and in my opinion, the best pitcher maybe – since the turn of the century, I mean, since two thousand, who's been a better pitcher than Clayton Kershaw? Uh, since two thousand, yeah, the turn of the century. I mean, we still had some dominant pitchers early two thousands. Guys like Pedro Martinez. Yeah, still. but he was a more of a nineties guy because he came in in the nineties. I mean, since the year two thousand, I'm trying to think. You might be right. I have no idea. Since the year two, that's a lot. That's really wide range. I mean, we're yeah. talking a lot of talented pitchers and since 2000 if we're talking like since what, 2010 there's been nobody more dominant in the last like the last six seven eight years than clayton kershaw i mean if we're going to be talking from the 2000s i guarantee you could find somebody with numbers probably better than clayton kershaw's um it's i mean we had a lot of big name pitchers that pitched through the 2000s as well yeah here um, we go top 10 starting pitchers since the year 2000 um, they put okay. This is really old stuff. Mike Mussina, CC Sabathia, Roy Halladay. I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, the whole uh, my whole point is there's been a lot of dominant pitchers throughout there. So I don't really like to take a ten year. That's like saying who's the best NBA player since 2000. I mean, I say LeBron James. Yeah. Okay. We'll say LeBron James. He didn't. He was. He started in what 2003. So I mean, yeah. it's like. We can go through Kobe. We can go through Duncan. We go through this. I mean, let's talk about more like realistically. Kershaw has been the best in this since 2010. Let's say that's like a more easy range right now. Especially, clearly, neither one of us are prepared to answer this question. Right, You're right. googling no, no, right now. No, no, so yeah, yeah. I just it's just something that popped in my head. Yeah. So let's go so. off to something that we can answer without having to like look it up right now. Like 2010, right? right. We we bought. We can both probably consider all the pitchers that we could probably consider since 2010 right in our head we could probably do that in our head like you when you go down through like felix hernandez verlander uh kershaw i mean how many other people are really in that who else would you really throw in the last five six seven years who else would you really put really no one else i mean that's just who i mean the guys you just said those are um, i mean maybe a Corey clue Kubler, Kubler, but he's because for the last four years, but he hasn't seemed like he's been as long of a dominant pitcher though. Like when you look at guys like Felix, Verlander, um, Kershaw, those guys I feel like have way more of a like. Oh my God, they really have been around since I was in high school. Like, yeah, no, really. I mean, these guys, yeah, Kershaw's just been great, and you know, Kershaw is one of those rare pitchers that you know he was touted coming out of you know Texas as. Oh, this is the next big guy. This is he's gonna be great. He's this is the future of pitching. Blah 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 blah, and he's lived up to it. Yeah, um, 
There's been other guys that haven't lived up to that hype, unfortunately. Like guys like Steven Strasburg. He's had a fine career, yeah, but fine. like not what he was supposed to be in this he's supposed to be this extremely dominant. He um, he's been dominant in the regular season, but he's had so many injuries and he's never been, I guess there's never been a year where you say Steven Strasburg is the best pitcher in baseball. Yeah, and I mean I also Right? Yeah, he's never been like hands down the best. I mean, he would have won a Cy Young if he was the best. Has he won a Cy Young award or no? No. No. Cuz like this year Strasburg 15 and 4, 2.5 ERA. Very good stats. I think his splits overall have been just really good. But like like I just don't think like you were saying he hasn't had that year where you're like, "Oh yeah, Steven Strasburg is the best pitcher in all of baseball," you know? Yeah. I mean, this was his only season with under a 2 ERA, I think since I'm looking it up. Since the Se- first year of his career? Since the first year of his second year of his career, we only started five games the second year of his career. Okay, yeah. so that doesn't count. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he's always been an above three ERA pitcher. If you go through – so I wouldn't say he's been, like, dominant in the regular season. I'd yeah. say he's been – like I said, he's had a fine career. Yeah. I mean, you look at guys like Kershaw or Felix or Verlander, I'm sure you can find multiple years on their statistics that they're under a three ERA. Yeah, absolutely. the 2.8s, 2.4s. Um, and really have those extremely dominant years, um, but this is this was big for Kershaw, really. Um, Legacy game. Yeah. Oh, Cole Hamels. Omar said Cole no, Hamels. Yeah, That's I'm a good at one. That right now. Um, and Tim from the Giants. Did Tim Lynch come? He Tim, fell. Yeah, uh, but he Tim. fell apart uh, physically pretty quickly there. Yeah, he fell off. He fell off the cliff. Yeah. Unfortunately for for him. Um, he but went to the University of Washington. Fun facts for those watching at home. Yeah, Lincecum. He had that great like three four year stretch, then just fell off a cliff. Um, but Kershaw's really helped cement whatever legacy that people were looking for, like in having that signature moment mm-hmm. with last night. I mean, he get, he made one mistake of a pitch to Bergman. It was a solo home run, kind of Which the best time to make him. A lot this year of home runs, they said. I mean, he's given up 24 home runs, I think, the most in his career. It, that's fine. Yeah, no, that's no, fine. It's fine. It's, there's no one on base. It's not going to – I mean, it's, what's worse, giving up one home run or having an inning where a guy gets a single, then a double, and then you pitch throwing tons of pitches. And right? he gave up no walks. And so, no I mean, walks, you look yeah. at it in that way, it's like – What's were great. Give up some give up some solo home runs here and there if you're not giving up many base hits, not walking many people. I'll live with a guy that throws a little bit of extra home runs, but is actually producing in every other sense. And really I feel like in baseball as a pitcher, what really kills you is base hits if you're giving up a lot of consistent base hits. If you're giving up more home runs than usual, if you're not having too much trouble keeping guys off base, the home runs you're gonna survive with. I mean if you have a pitcher that gives up three home runs a game and it's just three home runs, no other base hits, you'd live with that. That's three runs. That's a three ERA. If that happened every game, I'm yeah, saying. Let's yeah, say. no, but, no, I know what you're saying. But, but, so I'm saying like that's that's better than a guy giving up eight, nine, ten base hits a you're game. You're basically saying that since you, he, I mean, he gave up what three hits a whole game, two hits. One of them was a solo. Okay, that, yeah. I mean, your pitch counts down. Yeah, pitch counts down in. That's one thing. Kershaw was through six or seven, only at like 50 or 60 pitches through six, I think, because he was people were swinging on first pitches and he just gets he had no walks. He was just getting people out on ground balls, strikeouts and quick counts, quick counts. 
and I think it was great. Um, I, I completely agree, Sam. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Um, so tonight, I mean, I saw, heard this on the Dan Patrick show this morning on my way here on my drive, and that's one of my things I like. I, I like listening to Dan Patrick show on the drive because they don't give too many, I guess, arguments and takes. So it's kind of nice. They're like more of an informational show. I feel like. So t- tonight's game two of a World Series, and Justin Verlander is on the mound for the Astros, and he's been their best pitcher this postseason. The question they pose is: Justin Verlander a Hall of Famer? I mean, I think hands down. I, I mean, is that, is that do people do I, some people consider him not a Hall of Famer? I guess. I mean, to have that question, I mean, one of the guys on the show argued that he's not a Hall of Famer. So, but I, I think he interesting. Is. The guy's won an MVP award, not not just a Cy Young. An MVP award. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I wouldn't even think that's a discussion. I, that's what I, I mean, thought, too. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of pitchers that win Cy Youngs that maybe had one good year in their career. But a guy like Justin Verlander, we're talking a guy that's been around for the last, like, 10, 12 years. Yeah, but if you look at it, like, I'm just going to read you his ERAs from 2008. 4.84, 3. 3.45, 3.37. Then he started getting dominant. 2.4, 2. 2.64, 3.46, 4.54, 3.3, 3.82. I think that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I that's mean, that's, that's since 2008. Yeah. What about before that? 2008, I mean, 3.66, 3.6, 7.1. But he was, How many years has he been in the league? Since 2005. See, I mean... The fact that we're ta- even asking the question about a guy I, I, I who's pitching in the World Series as the best pitcher of the team in 2017 when he started 2005, like, and he's won a Cy Young and an MVP, I think it's no question he's a Hall of Famer. I, I, you know what, Sammy? I'm going to have to agree with you. I mean, I'm just going to give you the stats from 2011 when he won the MVP and the Cy Young Award, and this should be enough if, after, with the rest of his career to get in the Hall of Fame. 24 wins, 5 losses. 2.4 ERA, and he had how many strikeouts? 250 strikeouts. It's pretty good. Yeah, I feel like Shanahan should have won an MVP award though, if what, that's the bro, case. Like I was just shocked. Like, like you're like, is it even a question? But I guess it is a question whether he's a Hall of Famer or not, because baseball is all about numbers, and if you don't get to 200 wins, you rarely make it as a pitcher to the Hall of Fame. And he has 188 wins. Well, it's fine. He'll get 200 wins. I, that's what I mean, I when's he not gonna? How's he not gonna get to? Unless he tears every muscle in the shoulder this year. After his season, he's never won a he's never won a World Series. I guess that's a problem too. They said with his. That's not a see. problem. That's what Listen, I said. Listen, if somebody asked if too. Felix Hernandez is gonna be in the Hall of Fame, everyone would say he might be a first ballot Hall of Fame. He's even made the playoffs. Do you think so? Do, or do we think so? He's no. Because I think so too. But maybe my notion of what makes a Hall of Famer in baseball is not correct. I. No, I think it's correct. I think if a guy wins like a Cy Young or a MVP award or pitches 20 years in the league and or pitches under a three ERA multiple times, yeah. like I think they're, it's pretty, it's quite obvious they'd be Hall of Famers, I think. I mean, it's not, I didn't even know this was going to be a discussion and I'm kind of bothered that they brought that up as a question. Not bothered that you brought it up. I know you're bringing it up because of Dan Patrick's show bringing it up, but kind of bothered they even brought that up as a question. I, I mean, I, I'd be shocked if he doesn't make the Hall of Fame. Yes, he's going to make the Hall of Fame. I don't even, it's not even like a – I feel like it's not even a discussable topic. Um, wow, that, you're, Sammy Gerger is bothered by the Dan Patrick show today. Yeah, I don't like that question. Nick Frankel's trying to say, Hall of Famer of giving up home runs to Pablo. He said he would have one of the highest career ERAs for someone in the Hall of Fame. Who? 
Verlander. Really? Yeah, but that doesn't for me. That's not what it's about. He if has you're a three point four six ERA. Listen, like think about it in like a basketball sense. I don't care if like Russell Westbrook, right? I don't care if he never wins anything. For example, right? Yeah. And he has the worst shooting percentage in history for someone in the Hall of Fame. The fact that he won an MVP award one year, guess what it does? He probably gets into the Hall of Probably. Russell Westbrook's already guaranteed a spot in the Hall of Fame. I don't think he's guaranteed a spot in the Hall of Fame, but I think he'll probably get into the Hall of Fame. People act like we don't understand the Hall of Fame voting yet. Like We we know who makes it to the Hall of Fame nowadays. Yeah, he might. Verlander, if he gets into the Hall of Fame... I'm looking this up. He would have the highest ER, second highest ERA in anyone out of the Hall of Fame. Who's the highest? Uh, I just saw it. It was 3.67, and I think it was who was it? Was it Greg Maddox? No, 3.74. Hank O'Day. Okay, if Hank O'Day is in the Hall of Fame, you know who's going to be in the Hall of Fame? <laughs> Justin Justin Verlander. What, what, what do you What do you have a problem with Hank O'Day? Do you want to hear about Hank O'Day? No, I really don't, to be honest. He's a pitcher and left fielder. And he was born on July 8, 1859. He had a career record of 73 wins and 110 losses. <laughs> why, why the fuck is he in the Hall of Fame? That's why I said I don't care to hear about his stats. Justin Verlander is a Hall of Famer. Chris Martinez said baseline, nothing better than eating ramen in the podcast every weekday. Oh, I like that. Thanks, man. Do you eat ramen every time you watch our podcast? Watch our show? Let me know. Devin said, nothing better than getting bitched out at work for listening to Sant. <laughs> I like that comment. That's funny. That's uh, funny. Don't lose your job, though. Um, said the Jorjur twins. Yeah, we actually have the same color shirt and yeah, pants today. Not planned. And same color shoes. They can't see the shoes. So. I know, but they are. Um, Chris Martinez said, hey, Dodgers. You know how I feel about that. Front runner. Nick Franco said different sport, Sammy. He's just bitter that the Giants aren't in the playoffs. And uh, I'm and I'm kidding. You're not front runner. You're like the Dodgers now for like five years. I I didn't even that wasn't even commenting to regards you saying that. I was talking to Nick Franco. Not not talking to you. I said Nick Franco's bitter that the Giants aren't in the playoffs. Well, yeah, they have way more worlds. You can call me a front runner. I don't care. I didn't even comment towards that. Why are you apologizing when nobody even said anything? No, because I, I, you're not a front runner on that. Yes, I'm, I am. I called myself a front runner yesterday on the show. Did you really? Yeah, I said. Oh, I thought you've always rooted for the. Dodgers. I said I've had a Dodgers hat for four years, but I now I'm, I like them because yeah. now I like them because they're good. I'm the ultimate front runner. All right, congrats. Um, Omar said, "What a game!" I put a complaint to the NBA, MLB. Sorry, I said Springer leads with the home run, not the Dodgers. Shaking my head, <laughs> Kershaw erased his previous record and is writing a new one. Well pitched, Kershaw. Um, I don't know if anybody remembers when I said yesterday that Chris Taylor would have a home run. I, I do remember that, and I told you, don't make me mad. And I got mad. Chris Taylor had a home run. I know it because if you're an ex-Mariner. Brandon Morrow was pitching in the playoffs as well last night yeah, for yeah, the Dodgers. Of course. Also an ex-Mariner. When you're an ex-Mariner, you happen to do well in big moments when you're not on the Mariners. So If he wasn't on the Mariners, though, you know what happened there? Uh, Strikeout looking. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, on the Mariners, he, Chris Taylor batted about 218, oh, no, no, I think. Don't worry, don't worry. I'm pulling up the stats. I think it was something in the low 200s or high 100s. And now he's hitting home runs in the World Series. No, you know, his last year in Seattle, he batted uh, 170 with no homers, one RBI. 
Okay, it was last year in Seattle. He didn't get that many at bats. Um, right? Yeah, because he got sent down to the minors. He started. Yeah, go to his last like full season. He only played forty-seven games in thirty-seven games. Those are the two seasons he was on Seattle. Well, here's my point. So Devin said, "Ha ha ha." Um, Josh said, "I stand corrected, George." GG on Oakland. What's that? Good game on. Oh yeah, when I was, I told him to bet on Oakland again. Ah, uh, miss you, Josh. Omar said, "Cole Hamels and Tim from the Giants." We read that. Nick Franco said, "Timmy was the best pitcher in baseball over a three-year span." Yeah, over a three-year span. Well, the only the and the plus side of when you're on the Giants during that span was you're making it to like World Series. And right. maybe he wasn't the best pitcher. That kind of adds some, like maybe Felix Hernandez or maybe a Cole Hamels was still a better pitcher than them at that time. Actually, Cole Hamels was going to the World Series then too, wasn't he, on the Phillies? They went once. Yeah, but I mean, and we're talking about this like kind of the same years. Yeah, was it right? Yeah, but around the same players time. like that have a better opportunity to be resembled as the best player in baseball or best pitcher because you are actually pitching on the big stage, like. Kershaw is going to be looked at as the best pitcher this year. Now that especially he's pitching in the World Series and everything. Yeah. Um, Omar said both pitchers played well. Kershaw made less mistakes. Yeah, pretty much. Keiko made two mistakes that lead off home run and the pitch to Turner. Other than that, yeah, Keiko pitched well too. It just uh, happened to have give up two home runs and one of them runners on base. And Kershaw gave up one home run. I mean, that's Josh true. Turner, man, that guy is clutch. Justin. Justin Turner, sorry. Who are you uh, thinking about Josh? Why? Because Josh just commented. And there's a Josh on. But go ahead. Yeah, Justin Turner. Clutch. Clutch. Yeah. Last night's home run wasn't as like, clutch as like a walk-off. But it no, was like a but, I mean, the guy fifth comes, inning. Yeah, but I mean, it, basically, that was the difference in the game. But whatever his name is, Keith, what? What's his name? Keith. The one that hit the walk-off for the Dodgers in 88. Oh, Kirk Gibson. Kirk Gibson. He called um justin turner and was like i'm really proud of you good job on the walk off and justin turner said it's nothing like what you did and he said don't worry you're gonna get your opportunity and you're gonna hit that home run game one of the world series that was their phone call apparently according to joe buck and he did it home run so job kirk gibson um sweet cc says good morning guys on periscope good morning good morning to you um omar says when we're talking about Kershaw, he's another Kurt Schilling, dominant in the playoffs. Look at the playoff stats. That's also another thing. Like, you look at Kurt Schilling. I brought his stats up earlier. Okay, four point three point four six ERA, right? Not like, not that amazing, right? If Kurt Schilling didn't have maybe some drama, he'd be in the Hall of Fame. But he has 216 wins, 146 losses, a 20-year pitching career from 1988 to 2007. And... I mean, he, he should be in the hall. He man. got a Cy Young, um, All Star, All Star, Cy Young, MVP. He's won four MVP awards. Who? Christian, what does it say? MVP 10. What does that mean? There's no way. He's never won an, an MVP. No, oh, he was 10th in MVP. Sorry. Oh, okay. But he's won Cy Youngs. No, he's never won a Cy Young. What do you know? Kurt Schilling never won a Cy Young award. Kurt Schilling should be in the Hall of Fame, though. I mean, a 20-year career, and it was very consistent. It had some big moments. It was dominant in the playoffs in, in Arizona and in the Boston. And I don't know. How is he? Yeah. Verlander and him have very similar careers. He has six All-Star, uh, six All-Star appearances. Um, 
was fourth in Cy Young voting, second, second, and second. So pretty much close to signing four times. Pretty much he was a top five pitcher in baseball and, for 15 years. And 14th in MVP voting, 10th, 10th, and 11th in MVP voting. So, I mean, he's been in MVP discussions, four Cy Young discussions, six-time All-Star, and good in the playoffs. It's a good example, I guess, that, you know, I think it's a good example. Um, Sweet CC said, some Astro fans got mad at me yesterday because I said Dodgers will win World Series in the fourth game. I, I George said sweep at one point I, on the yeah, show. Yeah, but I was joking. I have them, I have them in uh, six, and I wouldn't be shocked if it's in five. I just think Dodgers are a better all-around yeah, team right Dodgers now. Dodgers are a better team, but when you can throw Verlander out there, he's going to get – I think Verlander is going to get two starts, and they're going to win both of those. Well, not if Kershaw gets two or three starts, and if it's against Kershaw, you never know. Oh, he'll, they'll just make sure they're not pitching against each other. Uh, you'll never know. I mean, especially when it gets closer down, down the line in the series, they start pitching people on very, very short, short rest. Yeah. Um, Nick said he would have one of the highest you know, ERAs of the Hall of Fame. He said, different sport, Sammy. Different sport, but I think, I mean, every Hall of Fame has some players mm-hmm. that you're kind of like, oh, that person made it. And some players that really make yeah. sense. No, no, absolutely. Like Hank O'Day, I never thought he'd make the Hall of Fame. Exactly. But I just don't see a reasonable way that um, – I just – I don't see a reasonable way for to explain that – okay, you can talk – he have the second highest ERA. But what, what has Justin Verlander done that makes him not a Hall of Famer at least, if you want to flip the context? In my opinion, nothing. I think he's a Hall of Famer. Okay, uh, that's how I, I agree. No, I agree. Okay, so here's a guy I think, I, I don't know why, ever since we're on this subject, I've always been interested in the one and only Juan Gonzalez. <laughs> okay. I know it was a steroid area, era, but it was even er, mid-90s. I love that area. <laughs> that, <laughs> but listen to the stats that Juan Gonzalez had a couple seasons, right? And how is he not in the Hall of Fame? In 1999, he batted 326 with 39 homers and 128 RBIs. In 1990, the year before that, 318, 45 homers, 157 RBIs. And the year before, he went, listen to these RBI numbers, Sammy, 144, 131, 157, 128, 67 in the Hertz season, then 140 RBIs. And he's not in the Hall of Fame. Um, and neither is Edgar Martinez. Yeah, so uh, I'm bringing Another back- guy I'm not happy about. To be honest, I'm bringing back the Juan Gonzalez train, and I know he was on steroids most likely, but you know what? It wasn't against the rules at that point. So it was not literally in the rules that you couldn't take steroids. Yeah, and that's one of the things that, for me, it's like if something's not against the rules at the point of time, mm-hmm. let's not frown upon it. Right. Now, like, okay, I get it. If someone's taking straight steroids, whatever, we all have our different thoughts. There's obviously people taking something that's not steroids, but it, it but I should, is it illegal? I don't know. You know, that's kind of a hard, um, that's a tough one to kind of comprehend here. Right. But yeah. if it's okay to, if it's okay to take whatever you're going to take, take it. And if it becomes illegal, then don't take it when it's legal. I mean, pretty simple. Sorry. I'm a little distracted. I, I've disabled my chat. My comment section on Periscope. Okay, and so yeah, not not really sure how to get it out, get it back. I've been looking, so oh. if my if my good friends over at Periscope are commenting, 
like I clicked something when Sweet CC last comment, and then it says your chat is disabled now. I was like, oh, thank you. <laughs> well, th- <laughs> well, thank you. Great. Exactly what I wanted. And fucking fantastic. All right. So, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, here for my George's bad analogy of the day, um, it'd be like me getting his ticket today for when I used to text and drive before it was illegal. Yes. That's, that was my George's bad analogy of the day. I, I didn't understand really the whole analogy of it. You can't punish people for taking steroids when it wasn't illegal back then. Oh, you're saying if you got a ticket from a cop for texting and driving before it was illegal. Yeah, but I'm saying like if I got a phone call, if I looked in the mail and they said three years ago before texting and driving was illegal in the state of Washington, here's a ticket because you used to text and drive. That wouldn't be fair. I agree. All right. <laughs> This is George Azure's bad analogy of a day, sponsored by. No, I like it. I mean, it's like I'm using different sports to talk about Hall of Fames, so I get it. By the way, I learned something about Al Horford last night. Oh, I, I love random facts about Al Horford. Did you know he's like, um, like he's like pure Hispanic? Like, yeah, he's Dominican. Yeah, like he like has pictures with Robinson Cano. He goes to Mariners games for Segura and Cano. You like, didn't know this? his like Instagrams are like in Spanish, not. Not English, yeah, he's super Dominican. I thought he was just black. No, he went to high school in the Dominican Republic, and yeah. they recruited him to you know university. Of it's hard to tell the difference sometimes now if you're like Dominican, like Robin's Cano. You, if he told you like I'm just, if he had no accent, was just like I'm a black guy born in America, I'd believe it. Here's the problem, and why you were confused with Al Horford. That's not fair. Because his name's Al Horford. His name's Al. Horford. It's not like Robinson Cano. Yeah, it's, it's like not. it's Al Horford. I'm like, oh, what's up, Al? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, like you're born in America. I think his actual real name is Alberto Horford. Probably. Yeah. Um, Devin said he won't get fired. I'm trying to convince him to put y'all on the speaker. LOL. Convince him. Convince him. Let's Please get it do. going. Chris said the balls are juice, just like half of every athlete. <laughs> just like half of every athlete. I like that. I like that. Um, juice balls, juiced athletes equal boom. Better baseball. Yeah, Omar said one home run uh, was the difference. Chris Martinez said five. Five what? Um, Tyler said, Verlander getting rocked tonight. I actually have a feeling that... Um, Don't say it. I, I have a feeling that he's actually going to get rocked. Oh, that would be... No, it's just Dodger Stadium was popping last night. Um, I list, I was listening to somebody on the after game. was like, that was probably one of the crazier... It was Alex Rodriguez, I think. And he's played in New York Stadium, or Yankee Stadium. He was like... That was one of the craziest World Series atmospheres I've ever seen. Yeah, well, they've been waiting a long time since 1988 for this. And, uh, and it's L.A. I mean, it's like, L.A. Yeah. It's pretty big. Well, it's the second biggest city in the country. Um, speaking of which, Sammy, did you know that I put up my uh, Instagram photo of yesterday that you took of me at Dodger Stadium? Wow, didn't and know that. If you go to my Instagram, at Jesus, you guys can like the picture. And on my computer, I'll send them to you. You took some pictures. You took a panoramic. Panorama. Panorama. It's on my computer at Dodger Stadium. I have that one still. You too. have that one? Yeah. You should post it on Instagram. It's a sick picture. I was going to take it, but I didn't want to steal it. Yeah, go Dodgers. Yeah. Sweet Tea said, laughing face, it's because the Caribbean people is mainly a mix of Spain, natives, and Africans. We usually can get called something else we are not, race-based. LOL. Yeah, I mean, I literally always probably don't. I probably always... I'm confused if somebody's either like black or Hispanic or Caribbean. I mean, like Al Horford was straight up. I was like, he's just a black guy from America. I'm you, it's just because of the name. Yeah. Um, 
Let's see. We had Chris Martinez at five. Oh, wait, I read that. Omar said In-N-Out Burger versus Whataburger. Whataburger in seven. Chris Martinez says Whataburger for the sweep. Tyler says give me five guys. Okay. Let me uh, explain something here. Unfortunately, we do not have Whataburger here in Washington State. Or In-N-Out Burger. Or In-N-Out Burger. <laughs> we do have five guys. But I've been in California, so I've had In-N-Out. I've never had Whataburger. But look it up. Dick's Drive-In, Seattle, Washington. You have to be in Seattle. You have to be in Seattle. That takes the cake. But over In-N-Out, over Whataburger, over five guys. So it depends what kind of burgers you like. I mean, five guys. If you're looking for a gourmet side stuff, you're going to like five guys more than Dick's Drive-In. But True. in In-N-Out, depends if you like it saucy. Like You can't beat animal fries at In-N-Out. I lived in California for four years. Not a big fan of In-N-Out's burgers. Love their animal fries. But Dick's is like my all-time favorite mm-hmm. here in Seattle. There's like 12 or 13 locations no, now, I think. there's like five. They've opened so many more, George. In like the last 15 years, they've opened many locations. I, I'm going to guess six locations. I'm going to guess 10 at least. Let's see. They have six locations. They have more than six now because they've they opened six new locations. locations. I'm on their website. Um, their cup shows more than six locations. They're, they have six locations in the greater Washington area. All right. Six locations, and they're phenomenal. They're fantastic. Um, Devin said, I'm with you on that, Sammy. Burgers are nasty. Fries are great. I agree. I th- I, well, not always. I don't know if you're saying that in a general statement or about In-N-Out because that's how I feel about In-N-Out. But um, I like burgers if it's a really good burger. I love and Omar it. said, Whataburger is only in Texas. Okay, well, you got to find me in Texas sometime. You know what's pretty cool right now? So what? I'm on Dick's Drive-In's website. Mm-hmm. They have locations at Wallenford, Broadway, Edmonds, Queen Anne, Holman Road, and Lake City. And for some reason, the Edmond one, since it's, I don't know why, but it says view live feed, and you can actually go and look at it live right now on their website. And I can, I'm, I'm watching the live feed of the Dick's Drive-In in Edmonds. Wow. Congratulations. I, I Compelling for all you guys I out there. I don't know what's the point of that. Um, in, in Devin said, yeah, In-N-Out uh, burgers are nasty. Yeah, I feel the same way. I'm not a big fan of them. That's weird. I feel the opposite about In-N-Out. I like their burgers, but I'm not a big fan of their fries. Yeah. Um, interesting. And Devin said, I don't like what a burger put too much mustard on their shit. Um, Ooh, I love mustard. And Chris says, yeah, it's funny. I live in San Antonio. And the Spurs are intended on every fast food cup, are invested on every fast food cup, and I attended games to see other teams play. Yeah, well, that's interesting. You go to the Spurs games. That's pretty cool. Though. Okay, here's another question, guys. And this, this one is important. But Dix is better than in and out yeah, before yeah, we absolutely. get to that question. The question here is, is a hot dog a sandwich or not? We've talked about this on the show before. Have we on the show? Yeah, like eight times. <laughs> okay. Cool. After Mike Leach played it out, like you asked, you asked this question. And yes, right. we came to the conclusion that it is a sandwich because it has bread. I'm going to go with it's not a sandwich. Last time you concluded that it was a sandwich? No, I've been thinking about it quite a bit here in the last 30 seconds. It's not a sandwich. Okay. Well, I conclude that it's it a is. Bun. It's not in bread. A bun and bread are different. A bun is made of bread. Absolutely. And a burger is made out of so is bread. So is a wrap a sandwich? Yes. And it's all, a euro is a sandwich. It's not, a, it's not just a euro. Uh, if you make a sandwich of cheese and bread on pita bread, you call it a sandwich. I call it a pita wrap. No, you don't. I live with you. You don't call it a pita wrap. You call it a sandwich. 
So right. if it has bread, it's a sandwich. Um, Sweet Tea said, we don't have those here. LOL. George saying, you can see the cows you would eat from the other website. Can't, saying, you can see the cows you will eat from the other website. No, he says, like, not. I'm confused. I'm lost. I think Sweet Tea misinterpreted what you said. He sees a live. I don't know. I don't know what you were asking, Sweet Tea to be honest on that one. Kind of got lost there for a second. What can George see? Um, and then Devin said, crazy how majority promotes unhealthy food instead of healthy food. Then we want to talk about obesity issues. Is sausage in bread a sandwich? Sausage in bread? Yeah, Chris Martin is sausage in bread a sandwich. Well, then is pizza a sandwich? Because it's bread. Pizza's made it's not in bread. it. It's on top of it. It's bread. Okay, how about, how about is an open-faced sandwich not a sandwich, man? I don't never heard of an open-faced sandwich. So. You've never heard of an open-faced sandwich? <laughs> never heard of an open-faced sandwich. Oh, my God. Anywho, um, we've already discussed this on the show before. So... Um, Anyways, I think Kershaw was killing it. Um, I think he's going to win every game he plays this series. And I think actually Verlander is going to lose today, and we're going to get a 2-0 commanding lead for the Dodgers. All right, fair enough. And by the way, if you guys are watching on Periscope or on Facebook, go ahead, click the share button. We love when you guys share it. The more people find us, the bigger the shows get, the more discussions we can have. So share or retweet on Periscope, I guess. Either or. Either or. Do what you got to do. Um, so Devin has a question. Yes. Um, he said it wasn't a question. It was a comment with Chris Paul gone. The Clippers are a better team. Dot, dot, dot. Weird. Yeah, I, no, well, they are a better team. No, no, I know. I'm, I'm talking about the weird part. I don't know if it's weird because I just don't feel like maybe that he was the right fit for the guys around him. Right. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's I don't know if it's the right fit or if it was just personality wise. Because fit can be if we're talking basketball fit or are you talking personality. Both, just fit. Because basketball fit, it's a fine fit to have two big guys and a point guard. Yeah, but I, I mean, feel like Blake Griffin needs a ball in his hand a little more, and he does a good job creating from the elbow. Well, he almost won an MVP award with Chris Paul next to him, too. So, I mean, they point. were a good yeah, fit. That's a good point. I just don't think they liked each other. Chris Paul, on his interview with Jay-Z, was talking about how in New Orleans, when he was first there, he used to, like, text teammates, and everyone would come over to his house, and they'd, like, play cards, go bowling, do stuff together. And he said when he was in L.A. his whole time, like, anytime he'd text a teammate – the responses would be like, do we have to? And he's like, it was just a different culture. And it's part yes. of probably being in LA, but he's like, it would, we went from like, I went from a team in New Orleans where it's like everyone wanted to hang out and be together to a team that's now saying like, do we have to come over? And he's like, that was just kind of a, kind of part of the reason I wanted to change. That's pretty, that's pretty crazy. I can't believe like you think, Oh, do I have to come over? Like, uh, no, the, if, you, if someone if, if someone asks like that, like especially, hey, do you want to come over play cards? You know, we're a team. Do I have to? Like, Maybe fuck they, you. Yeah. No, I guess not. No, uh, you're uninvited. Yeah, I'd be a little bothered by that. Yeah, that's a bad answer by whoever. I'm guessing that was Blake Griffin who wrote that. Yeah, uh, 
Probably. Like, do I have to? I don't want to talk to you. Chris Martinez said he was getting older. It's not New Orleans, Chris. Pretty. That's yes, true, too. That is very but true. he was very, very productive in his first couple of years in L.A. And Kit Hawkins, what's up, Kit, said, shows how important chemistry is to a sports team. It really does, though. I mean, 100%. you look at a sports team, and, and chemistry is a huge, huge aspect to it. I mean, a, a team that has talent can really go downhill if they don't have the right chemistry. And then there's teams that probably don't have as much talent, but if they can click on all cylinders... I mean, you look at a team like the Clippers right now. Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan, Gallinari, but they're winning games. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you have a team like the Memphis Grizzlies, for example. The Memphis Grizzlies have already beat the Rockets and the Warriors this year. I know. With, chemistry. With, Micah, with Marcus All and Mike Conley, right? That's just part of them being teammates for a long time, being very smart, talented basketball players, and making chemistry work. Nobody would ever say that the Grizzlies are out-talenting the Rockets or Warriors, no, just, but they just have smart basketball and the chemistry to add to that. 100%. And uh, I don't know if you saw the Bleacher Report that just came out. Uh, yeah, but Eric Bledsoe? Yeah. It, it's kind of funny that, okay, Eric Bledsoe's a fine player, right? But he's not like a star. The NBA has done such a good job of even getting like these mid-level guys who's Eric Bledsoe's good. Eric Bledsoe, we do not need breaking updates about Eric Bledsoe. Um, Eric Bledsoe could be an all-star if he's in the East. But he's not an all-star. That's my point. He hasn't been an all-star ever in his career. Okay, but a guy like Isaiah Thomas. We had this example on um, the show. We were talking about this on my show yesterday. Like Isaiah Thomas probably would have never made an all-star team if he played in the West. With I don't know about that. Damian Lillard didn't make it last right, year. Right, but if he averaged 28 points a game, you make Okay, and if he was on 28 points a game on the Kings and they weren't winning he was games. Not at 28 okay, exactly. Yeah. When he moved to the East is when he started averaging 28. Yeah. Before that, in the West, he was averaging 15 and 16 on losing teams, and he's not going to be an All Star. Damian Lillard couldn't even make the All Star team. Mike Conley's yet to make an All Star team. There's a lot of players in the West. Isaiah Thomas probably would not be an All Star. Well, He's proved, for the most part, that while he was in the West, he was an all-star. All right, here's a better And in the East, he has been. And so a guy like Eric Bledsoe, if he was on the Celtics, let's say, last year, he probably would have been productive enough to be an all-star, averaging 22, 23 a game. He's extremely athletic, extremely talented. I just and think... always hurt. So was half the NBA's yeah. point guards now. Here's my, well, here's my question. I mean, Eric Bledsoe, right? Yeah. Is he, you consider him, he's a point guard, right? I mean, consider him a point guard. He's kind of a hybrid, but he's a point guard. Sure, he's a he's an NBA point guard. He's an NBA point guard. Uh, uh, or a this generation NBA point guard. Is he the 14th best point guard in the NBA? Um, well, depends who you ask. You can actually probably put like, there's probably a, after like five or six, best there's probably like eight guys anyone can pick from right. that you could say is like the eighth best play like if somebody tried to argue with me that eric bledsoe for example eric bledsoe last year yeah, um, 21 points a game yeah. uh 21.1 points per game 6.3 assists and five rebounds i mean like that's a extreme that's better stats than probably half the nba point guards so i mean that's no, those are very good. Stats. Yeah, that's not a bad team, but does, that still doesn't matter. It's still impressive. You're still playing NBA players. Exactly, and I mean, 
that's where yeah, yeah. No, it's hard to say otherwise. And he's only 28 years old. And so... No, no, it's just interesting. I just find it interesting that, like, the NBA has done such a good job that we find this interesting. Like, I... I look at Martavius Bryant on the Steelers, right? Yeah. He just requested a trade as well from the Steelers. And it's a story, but it's not like... When an NBA player does it, like, oh, man, Eric Bledsoe tweeted that. That's kind of cool. That's funny. Haha. And then, like, Martavius Bryant does it. It's like, God, what a bad teammate. You know? And it, at the end of the day... I think they're actually a really good comparison with each other. Martavius Bryant is probably the Eric Bledsoe of wide receivers. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, well, the I, only problem is the NBA, you just get so much the ball in your hand, you get so much more exposure. So right. I can't even – it's hard to compare the wide receivers because a wide receiver can go a whole game without a catch if your quarterback doesn't throw it to him. Like a point guard is going to have the ball in their hand. Yeah. Like Ricky Rubio – might not be flashy, but he's always going to have like 10 points, five assists because. Right. And people know him because. Yeah. Yeah. And, but a 15th best receiver in the NFL might go a week with two targets and no catches. Yeah. So he that's the tough part. Yeah. The receiver doesn't really control his own destiny like a point guard does. Yeah. Especially, and that's a, but especially point guard. I understand the comparison, yeah. what you're saying, but I'm just saying it's hard. The reason, I guess I'm kind of defending the reason the NBA does get all this publicity to people mm-hmm. or not the NBA, but like the NBA gets all this publicity for their players is just because it's so much easier to, to see these players every single day. Like I right. see Eric Bledsoe. I can see him on the court every single night being productive. I can't see you even have, you have stars. So to say like Jimmy Graham on the Seattle Seahawks who might not even get the ball once in an entire game. And it's like, how am I supposed to judge him based off that? You can't. It's yeah. Really but hard to. I can judge Eric Bledsoe any game and see him because he's going to have the ball in his hand. 100%. Yeah, no, no, fair enough. I'm just, I just think the NBA, it's, God, they've done a great job marketing. I mean, the, six I, months ago, I told you yeah. that the NBA is going to surpass the NFL in the media. And you said I was crazy. And then about a week ago, you said, huh, it might be true in the well, next five years. Well, here's the thing the M- I don't know if the NBA will ever surpass the NFL in ratings for games, in like, especially regular season games. Maybe maybe playoff games because there's so many NBA games like not the only reason is scheduled scheduling based there's 16 NFL games yes, exactly, and it's on a Sunday exactly, but, the, but like as a media whole the NBA is slowly passing the NFL right now what do you mean slowly it's passed it pretty much if you really look at it yeah. have you have we ever in your life have you ever been talking this much about basketball in the first week of the season no and you know why social media and the NBA allows their players to have personalities and be their own person. Yeah, actually, I read something really interesting about Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. where it was like, uh, he didn't say this, but it was like one of his, I think it was his PR person. He was like, you just don't understand that this is like, basketball is like almost these guys' part-time jobs now. Yeah. Like, even for like LeBron James. Basketball, yeah, okay, that's his like life, goal, life, life and goal. Goal his goal in life is to be like the best basketball player. That's the word I was trying to say. Best basketball player in the world. But these are like their part time jobs. These guys can make more money now. LeBron makes more money outside of basketball than he does in basketball. Like, yes, Nike is involved with basketball, but his like shoe deal and his clothing line mm-hmm. and his production companies, like uninterrupted, all these things make him more money yearly after taxes than his NBA career does. And like you look at Russell Westbrook talks about he's like him getting involved in the fashion industry and being on GQ and 
um, working with Toomey now and working with all these fashion brands is making him more money off the court than he makes on the court. And so... I even just look in general now. Charles Barkley probably makes more money today as an NBA analyst than he made per season than he did in That's partially career. due to inflation, though, right? Well, like, cause inflation like, and just the, how big the NBA media has gotten. Like, people want to talk about basketball. That's true. I mean, people, that's, that's, that's funny. A guy can be making more money talking about basketball now than he did like 15 years ago playing the game. Right. It's, because the media is almost as important as now, like, the game now. But if he's still playing, he'd be making even more money because of his personality and who he is. But it's because he has a personality that he's able to do this. I mean, I don't know. It's such a, it really is an interesting theory. And I mean, I'm going to put something on, I guess, you know, I'm going to move the baseball off the screen for a second and put back some NBA because there's a lot I want to talk Here, about. Here, quickly, just give your game two prediction. Um, Astros win 2-1. I got Dodgers 3-2, to 2-0 commanding lead. All right. Um, so the thing – so the NFL, right? And this is just a question because I don't really know exactly the answer to it, and it's just something I heard yesterday. So the NFL is having a meeting with Fox and NBC and all this, right? And CBS. And they're asking them to scale back the Thursday night games and not have them until that second half of the season. And they're also asking them to get rid of the London game at 6.30 a.m. and start all the games back at the 10 a.m. window, 1 p.m., Sunday night football and Monday night football. Do you think part of the reason why we have this... Not, I wouldn't really say decline in football, but decline in interest in football is because we have a little bit of football overload right now. Where we used to get excited, oh my God, it's Sunday, we were going to get our football. Now it's like, uh, it's, you know, Sunday 10 a.m. football or 1 p.m. if you're on the East Coast. Now it's like Thursday football. All right. Uh, well, here we are, uh, Sunday, 6.30, London, 10. And then by the time you get to Sunday night football and Monday night football, you almost have football fatigue. I don't know the answer. I don't have football fatigue, but in general, the population. It depends on what those games were, if that makes any sense. Yeah. I mean, like Thursday night. If Thursday night is, um, if Thursday night's bad, then I kind of get like, yeah. Like, like yeah. I just spent three hours watching football and it wasn't even yeah, good. Yeah. Like, are you gonna watch Matt Moore and Joe Flacco this Thursday, or are you gonna probably do something else? I'll have it on, but I mean, are you going to actually... Like, focus? Not really, no. no. I mean, like, for me, the only reason that game I'd probably focus, though, is just because I want to see if Jay Cutler's going to get his job back or not. But I know what you're saying. It's not like one of those, okay, it's Thursday night. Like, we have work to get done, and, like, we're trying to build our shows and do our social media stuff. It's like, I'm probably going to either be on a couch or at the office with the game in the background doing work. Mm-hmm. And... If they pushed every Thursday night to be like top-notch games, mm-hmm. maybe we'd be talking something different. But one of the small issues is, okay, I love having as much football as possible, and I've always said that, but now I'm starting to scale back a little bit on it yeah, because it's like I, I, I used to feel like, oh, I love as much football as possible, but maybe that's because I was just used to Sunday in a Monday night game. Yeah. Sunday in a Monday night game. Because you were so, excited when, they, yeah. when it was there. But now I'm starting to feel like, I'm I'm losing that like this sounds stupid but I'm losing that like excited bubbly like I feel like I used to get like butterflies like Sunday's coming like I get to sit on the couch all day and watch football 
But I am starting to get a little too much football. Like, okay, I just watched Thursday night. It was kind of shitty. Okay, Sunday. Okay, now there's a Monday night game. And then Saturday, football starting in like two weeks. And then it's like, do I, do I really need football four days a week? No, you do not. No. I think you need it two days a week, Max. Yeah. I think you need it one day plus a Monday night. Yeah, two yeah. days. And, you know, at the end of the day, another thing which is – I think fantasy football has lost its luster. I don't think people give a shit anymore. It was fun for like five, six years. People were like, oh, well, fantasy football. Like, no, no, no. Now, I don't think people care about fantasy football. I still like it. Yeah. I like it, but I, I don't say I love it anymore. For example, if Kit's still watching, um, my good friend Kit and I usually talk shit to each other in football, fantasy football. I noticed like two weeks ago that, um, that, me and Kit were playing in fantasy football, and neither one of us, and he's living in San Diego now. Miss him. One of my best friends um, since third grade. But we didn't even text or, like, call each other that week to, like, talk shit about fantasy football. That was, like, the first time in, like, six, seven years that we played fantasy football together and we're playing against each other, and I didn't get, like, a yeah. text, like, I'm going to get you this week. Like, I have usually... No, I have no idea who I'm playing this week in my fantasy football team. Yeah, neither do I, actually. But I usually I'd get, like... Oh, uh, bro! Like we're playing oh, each other I'm this week. Beat you. Like I and I was at George Valley's house on what day was I there? Monday night. Tuesday. Monday night. I was watching the Philly Monday game. Football game. I was at my friend's house, George Valley. Um, we're doing like a fancy basketball draft, which my first time doing this in a long time. I just thought it was free, so I was like, "Fuck it, I'll do it." Um, and he, like he gets a notification on his phone. And he goes, "Oh, I just beat you in fancy." I was like, "Oh." Like, okay, and I was like, "Damn, I didn't even like." I'm at like I feel like three years ago, I'd be at a friend's house when I'm playing fantasy. Like, oh, Monday night football, like I'm about to get you. Is it because you. we've gotten older? I, I mean, I don't know. Is there any 17, 18, 19 year olds watching right now, and are they really into fantasy football? I feel like they wouldn't even care about seventeen year olds. I don't know. I, I'd have no idea. Maybe it's because now, like, I like. I think gambling is infinitely better than fantasy football. Um, like, I know the result right after the game. Here's one thing too, not just that. I think things like DraftKings are killing fantasy mm-hmm. football leagues because like DraftKings, people are just like, okay, I got my fantasy line for yeah. this week and then next, on to the next. But the, Yeah, it's true. But then again, I don't think that's hurting the NFL in general, whether you like fantasy or not, because not too many people gamble or play uh, or play fantasy basketball, right? My question is, how did we get to this from, were we just supposed to do a basketball topic? And I don't know how we even got to fantasy football. Because Eric Bledsoe <laughs> requested a trade and his agent thinks Rich Paul's not good. Yeah, but then where did we get to fantasy football? We were talking about the Oh, overload of NFL games. Too much football and why is football down in basketball? Holy stuff? crap, dude. I looked down at the screen. It's like LeBron James plays point guard. I was like, what are we talking about? <laughs> Um, I was like, that was like that got out of hand quick. That, yeah, but it, I thought it was a good discussion. No, it was. But I also I was googling what Charles Barkley makes. He actually makes a lot less than I thought. Oh, really? How much does he make a year? Uh, he makes one point five now a year. Oh man, poor guy. But I, I'm looking at t- top paid, ten top paid uh, sports commentators Can in 2017. Yeah. Number one, Skip Bayless. No, okay. he's number five. Jim Rose. Who? Jim Rome. Sorry. Jim Rome is the number one highest paid. On CBS radio still. $14 million a year. Jim motherfucking Rome. Makes Remember 14, him? Yeah, of course. The I Fire mean. whatever show. Yeah. He makes $14 million a year? For CBS Sports Network. Did you, I didn't even know he has CBS a show. CBS has a sports network? I didn't. This, this is weird. Okay. 
Help us make 14 million a year. Jeez. Number two is Bob Costas. Costas. <laughs> 7 million. <laughs> Bob Costas. 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 Uh, Thierry Henry. Who? On Henry, the soccer player. He works for Sky Sports, like that soccer. Oh, network. okay, okay. This that makes interna- sense. This is a part of international. Yeah, okay. Thierry Henry, Thierry, however you yeah. say it. John Gruden, six point five. Wow, he's not taking a Tennessee job unless no. they pay him ten. Skip Bayless, five point one two. Figured, yeah. Max Kellerman, three million. And why does he always look so sad when Stephen A. Smith's yelling at him? I'd be happy, man. Well, three million only from ESPN. We don't. They don't know the rest of his network, so he's. That's why he's he at the number. HBO and all. Yeah, uh, Dan Patrick, $5 million. The reason he's above him still at $3 because he has other money they just haven't calculated fully. Uh, Dan Patrick makes $5 million. Jim Nance, $5 million. Stephen A. Smith, $3 million. Al Michaels, $5 million. Colin Cowherd? What year is this? This is this year, but he's probably... I think Colin Cowherd, because he makes it in different forms, they probably don't know how to calculate it. Joe Buck, $3 million. Chris Berman, $3 million, but then he got... Well, yeah, then he got let go, right? Mike Tirico, $3 million. Gary Neville... By the way, you know, um, you know, uh, Mitch in the morning here on on Cairo Seven. Yeah, he. I looked it up because he got arrested. Did you hear about that? No. Oh, so he went to like some massage parlor because he was trying to get a uh, quickie in, and don't blame him. And there was a uh, it was a sting and it was set up and it was just a cop in there, so he got arrested. But so that. Prompted a whole investigation, blah blah blah, and how much money he makes. He makes one point seven million dollars a year, supposedly from Cairo Seven or uh, from KJR nine fifty AM. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. That's a lot of quickies you can get. A lot of quickies. <laughs> Devin Mark said Bledsoe to Cavs, Celtics, or Spurs. Said or if Thunder want to get their depth, they they need this. It'd be a pretty good start and grab Eric Bledsoe. Yeah. Um. Only problem: the Suns want a young talent in exchange. I don't know who they're gonna get. They have no leverage. They literally said they're going to bench him and they're not going to play him until they trade him. Like, where's your leverage? They want a young, ta- they, uh, a young talented piece in return. Okay, like, good luck. They tried to give Frank Nikila or whatever, yeah. um, and Willie Harriman Gomez from the Knicks, and they were like, no, no. Like, no, we were, they're uh, part of our rebuild. I, I, I would do it, but if I was the Knicks for Herman Gomez, not for Herman Gomez is nice. Yeah, he's nice, but I don't, if, is his? Would he? Do you think you'll ever be as good as Eric Bledsoe is right now? No, but where are you going to use Eric Bledsoe for right now? You're not going to make the playoffs. You'd it's rather true. have a guy that's going to be like a Udonis Haslam, let's say, Heron goes, that's his ceiling, right? Like right. a 10 and 6 guy. Yeah. You'd rather have him when Porzingis is in his prime True. and guys like that than Eric Bledsoe at 35 at that point, <laughs> right? You're right. Um, Omar said Bledsoe's going to the Spurs or the Knicks. I'd like him on the Spurs. That'd be nice because he would be a great system player for them. Yeah, and this guy has been like – where's Eric Bledsoe played in his career other than Phoenix? I, I think the Clippers, right? Was it the Clippers? Uh, the guy, yeah, the Clippers. That's right. This guy's been really good his whole career. I'd like to see him play in a good situation for once. Yeah, he's a good player. He was drafted by the Thunder in 2010. Didn't even know that. Jeez, but traded traded him. But yeah, Clippers for three years, where um, didn't do much on the Clippers. Like his best year in the Clippers was uh, eight points a game. He was 23 years old though. But then his first year in Phoenix, he had 17, and then he had 17, then 20, 21, 25. Yeah, no, he's a good player. Yeah, so, yeah, average 25 points a game. No, that was fifteen. My bad. Uh, but he's been like he's been very consi- like look at last year, right? For example, yep. last year twenty one points a game, like I said earlier. But six assists, six point three, four point eight rebounds. 
uh, a, a steal and a half, which is a lot in the NBA. Shot 84% from the free throw line. That's very good. 49 from the field. Very good. Um, and then 33 and a half from three, which is not great. But, I mean, the year before that shot 37. So he's in that range where he can at least – he can shoot like a normal human being from three. Not greatly, but like – Like a normal human being. But he's not like a, one of those guys like a Derrick Rose at 28% where you're like, holy oh, gosh. Um, all right. Mark Fultz is out for three games. I saw that. But let me bust through some of these comments. So we're not behind. Right. Chris said, I'd like to see Eric Bledsoe on a roster who needs him like the Pelicans or Miami. The Pelicans would be cool. Anthony Davis got hurt, though. He's day-to-day. Okay, which is going to lead to like week-to-week, and then he's going to yeah. be out for a long time. Um, compare the sa- Chris said this. Compare the salary of the NFL and NBA players, and you'll see the value. Yeah, but you can't pay NFL players six- for 16 games as much as you're paying NBA players, at least business-wise, True, I'm can. saying, theoretically. Um we have Devin saying Eric Bledsoe or Kit said Astros three to two, so Kit's on the Astros side tonight. Yeah. Devin saying Bledsoe wants a ring. He won't go to Pelicans. He's gonna look at the Pelicans roster and see AD just got hurt. He doesn't want to leave a problem during another one. I'll tell you this: the Suns don't give a fuck where. Yeah, he's he, going. yeah, that's what I was about to say. Doesn't he? This is not his choice either. Yeah, the Suns don't give a shit. They're gonna throw him wherever Next time they want. Go to the hair salon. Yeah, Chris Martinez says skip the process and get a ring. I get it. I know how it is. Um, Tyler says I itch for football when it's not on Tuesday and Wednesday. Haha, it doesn't hurt. Just don't watch it then, because y'all losing at it. I don't know what that meant, but it's okay. I agree with Tyler on the first comic. That's because y'all losing at it. I don't know, but Tyler said I itch for football when it's not on Tuesday or Wednesday. Haha, it doesn't hurt. It just don't watch it then. Right, right. But see, here's the thing: you're itching for it, and then you watch it, and then you're are you still itching for it on Sunday? They said, I itch for football when it's not Tuesday, when it's not on Tuesday or Wednesday. It doesn't hurt. I just don't watch it then. Right. But no, before, I see what he's saying. But for us, like, I watch all the games. I'm just saying, in general, do you think the population as a whole, that's why the numbers are down? I think a lot of people just don't, like, I think for football. Like, for football, I have that whole Sunday feeling. Like, mm-hmm. Sunday's coming. I know what I'm about to do. I know what I'm about to sit on. I know how long I'm going to sit down. I know how long I'm not going to move for. Yeah, but, like, NBA, for example. The reason NBA's not, like, as big of a regular season sport is because NBA is every other day or whatever. I'm not, like, sitting there like, oh, my God, I know Friday's coming. There's a game. Like, yeah, I know there's Wednesday night ESPN basketball, yeah, but, but, like, really I don't really care. I, I do. I'll turn it on. Yeah. Oh, but, yeah. like. It's not like that itch, like I'm saying. You know, I think you're absolutely right. Like, for football, I'm excited to watch the football game. For basketball, I'm excited to talk about what the fuck Russell Westbrook wore. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I guess I appreciate maybe the the basketball aspect a little more. No, no, we all appreciate the basketball. That's the part we appreciate the most. But I think we end up talking about other things more. Yeah. Um, yes and no. I don't know. I, I I think with basketball, I still talk about it. I just don't think we care for it that much. Much. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's a good way to put it. Um, Devin said, "I mean, what's the process? What process is he skipping? He averaged twenty one and seven. He's almost thirty. He belongs to a championship contending team. Bledsoe has already gone through his development stages." Chris says he belongs to a championship team, but doesn't. 
but hasn't paved the way or made a playoff run in the last five years. Dev says, is that his fault? Conley deserves to be on a championship team. Kemba, Bledsoe. Chris said, yeah, it's just like it was Kyrie's fault before LeBron came back. Devin said, those three unappreciated point guards. Chris said, Kemba and Conley have been in the playoffs and, and have been recent. Um, Devin said, uh, Kyrie had higher expectations, was the number one pick. Um, Devin said, ha, and you said it was his fault, dude. Was a backup for Chris Paul, a.k.a. dribble, dribble, shoot. Uh, Chris said, yes, it's his fault. And then Devin said, I guess it's Rush's fault. Donald became president. I don't know, bro. I don't know how you can tell a backup point guard it's his fault. He hasn't won a ring, especially when it's a Chris Paul backup. Yep. Um, I agree with that. I, agree, I, mean, I mean, it's not his problem that he has, and he's been on a young, like young and untalented Phoenix roster until they got Booker, and Booker's still young and not proven yet. Yeah. So where's Eric Bledsoe really supposed to? Who was he supposed to? LeBron James would have trouble leading that team to a playoff uh, like they'd series. The, they probably make the finals. <laughs> yeah, they probably make the finals somewhere. <laughs> Devin Booker would be like second in MVP voting as a rookie, and be like, oh, well, that worked. Uh, that's funny. Um, Chris said that made no, no sense. Here, no, seriously, though. Let's say let's say the, the Suns, they're not, but let's say they were in the East and LeBron James is on that team. With Bledsoe, too? Yeah, they're in the finals. Yes. Oh, my. Marquis Chris and, and Devin Booker, Alex yeah. Len, Eric Even Bledsoe. Even if you take out Bledsoe. You just say LeBron's name in the sentence and it's like, damn. If I was LeBron James, that's what I'd do. I'd go to a different team every year. And just see if I can take him to the finals. See how far I can go. And be like, you look, just to tell the rest of the NBA, like, you guys all fucking suck compared to me. Do you guys realize, yeah, like, like, next year I'd be on, next year you'd go to Memphis. They'd go to the finals and yeah. they'd beat Golden State. They had Gasol, LeBron, and Conley, they'd beat Golden State. Just, I, I say every year, just hop on in a different team. Uh, Devin said, Chris said it makes no sense. Devin said it made sense if you understand metaphors uh, about his, like, Russians and Trump one. And then, Brandon or Jewis, he does change his name on Facebook, said, James, best point guard in the league, then Ben Simmons. Well, Ben Simmons, I think, is going to be one of the best point guards in the NBA. Point guard forward, power forward, shooting guard. guard. No, they're point and point. Yeah, they, they There's no kind such of. thing as a point guard anyway. Yeah, but LeBron James is the best point guard in the NBA, by the way. I mean, when he chooses to be a point guard... The dude last night would put up 33 and 14. He was just like, all right, I'm not going to get like two rebounds because LeBron was like, all right, if you want me to be a point guard, I'll be a point guard. It would be so much fun to be LeBron's athleticism and height. And just be like, okay, I'll do this today. Play basketball. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine. Could you imagine being like him where you can just fucking turn on the switch? Like, all right, I'm just going to be a passer today. Today I'm going to have 14 assists. And 33 points. And 33 points. Yeah, so it's... Well, um. I feel like dunking right now. Well, I mean, that's... I mean, that's... I can't even... Well, I can't even... Yeah, I mean, I feel like dunking. Almost every NBA player. That's not I a type know. of athleticism. That's like 90% Same of the NBA. Dream, okay? Yeah, but LeBron has just different talents that nobody else has. Right. And it's, it's pretty remarkable. Um, he... The Cavs... Have been a little slow. Actually, the Cavs and the Warriors have both been a little slow to start the season. Okay. I don't know if it's um, – I, I kind of came to this theory that I feel like teams like them are probably totally fine with losing some games and just being like, let's figure out the kinks now. Like, okay, Dwayne Wade, we have to put you on the bench. And, and Dwayne Wade yesterday, you know he's been averaging five points a game, shooting 28%, right? 
last night, played 20 minutes off the bench, yeah. and guess what? Shot five for seven, I think it was, for 11 points. Very good. Shot a great – you know why? Because the Cavs are the type of team that are probably right now just like, let's tweak everything until we really get it down to the yep. core. And it's okay if we lose some games. And I think it is too. Also, did you see Dwight Freeney's out at the Seahawks yeah. last night? So uh, yesterday. No, last night I said. Um, it's interesting. Deshaun Kaiser is back to the starting lineup. Cool. For the eighth time after being pulled. He's shitty. Uh, yeah, he's not very good. So the big ESPN game today, as we're, we're going to stick on basketball, the big ESPN game at 4 o'clock today. Who's that? Wizards at Lakers. Oh, Lonzo, baby. So I've been watching Ball in the Family on Facebook. Um, I'm on my last episode, on episode part two of the Hawaii trip. It's episode nine. Um, I was putting together a makeup table for our mother yesterday, assembling it. Took four hours. I have a question for you. And watched every episode. Yes. Is uh, Lamelo as annoying as he looks? The young one. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very. Um, he just doesn't get it yet, and the family knows that. Like Lonzo at like dinner will like take his phone and put it in his pocket and be like, "No, you can't have your phone back until after dinner." And he's like, "Just let me check my Instagram. Yeah. Let me do this." But and but Lonzo is talking about how he's like. My brother's 15 and has 2 million followers on Instagram. He's like, that can get to your head probably yeah. really quick. Um, Lonzo's mature as hell. I, just watching the show, he's different than the rest of the family. Like, I think the guy's going to be really successful because I think he can really just like tone out everything. Yeah. And uh, I'm really excited to see Lonzo against John Wall. Patrick Beverly was the best defender def- by far, best point guard defender in the NBA. John Wall's up there, maybe the top three or four. I love John Wall. But I wonder if he's going to get as rattled by John Wall as he did by Patrick Beverly. Is or John if that Wall's was the best point guard in the league? Like overall, no. Who is? LeBron James. No. LeBron's not a point guard. LeBron played point guard yesterday. Is John Wall the best point guard in the NBA? Like pure point guard. Yeah. Like guy... Him and Mike Conley, if we're talking offense and defense. Yeah, because I don't consider James Harden a point guard, even though he plays point guard sometimes. And, like, you don't consider Russell Westbrook a point guard? I do consider Russell Westbrook a point guard. Okay, but see, then that's when it's obviously Russell Westbrook. But then it's like, it's it's that makes it a tough conversation, but then it has to be Russell Westbrook. I mean, he you can be like, but he's passing. We'll average more assists than John Wall. But uh, he's rebounded more. Uh, but he scored more. If you're so starting like, a team tomorrow. I mean, okay, come on. If you're starting a team, you would take John Wall over Russell Westbrook? I might. I might. Do you think John Wall could have led that Thunder team to the playoffs last year? I don't know. I have no idea. I just think John Wall is fantastic and doesn't get enough credit. I think he Uh, went from highly overrated to being underrated. That's all. I'm not saying he's the best. I haven't really thought about this quite enough. I'm just asking. That was... um, Him or Kyrie? I'd take John Wall over Kyrie right now. Okay. Um, so the only real point point guard you wouldn't take is Russell Westbrook? Over John Wall? Yeah. Yeah. Damian probably, Lillard? Doesn't play defense. Yeah. Jo- the nice thing about and if we're saying starting a team, like Mike Conley, if we're talking about like this year and had to start a team with a point guard, yeah. it'd be like a John Wall or Mike Conley, Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Mike Conley, in my eyes, is extremely, extremely, extremely underrated because he plays defense. Yes, he does. Scores and passes. And he's a leader. And he's a leader, yeah. But 
I, he's not the best point guard, but if we're just talking all around, like good at offense, defense, passing, scoring, mm-hmm. Mike Conley's up there with John Wall on them. Um, starting a team, I probably wouldn't even take John Wall. He's coming off surgery this year. That's true. Um, I'd probably go with more of a Russell Westbrook, who I know his athleticism is going to be there for another three or four years, and he's just so dominant athletically. Um, and then I'd probably go look at somebody like a John Wall and a Kyrie, um, then a Dame after that. Cause, but that's where it starts to get – a lot of these point guards in the NBA don't play defense now. So that's why John Wall is really up there on that list. Fair enough. Um, and really, I would uh, – I really, really would consider Lonzo Ball in that conversation. And I'm not trying to say he's like a Hall of Famer already. But no, well, in, for starting a franchise – Oh, for starting a franchise. That's what you said. Yeah, no, I'm not talking about best point guard. Oh, Sorry. Okay. I'm talking about yeah. your for franchise question. Yeah, because, I mean, it's his first year. He's 19 years old. Yeah, he would be in my definite, like, top seven or eight. 100%. He might be my top five. Yeah. Um, ben Simmons would probably be my – could be number one, right? Are you considering Ben Simmons a point guard? Because they're saying he's a point guard. And he's so, be our fantasy point guard. basketball yeah. has him at power forward, small forward, and point guard positions. Really? Like, LeBron's only at small forward, power forward. Yeah. Like, Ben Simmons has three. He's the only player I saw with three positions. So, he's considered everything, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Um, Chris said, Wall's going to mix up Lonzo. Uh, Brandon said, Ball and Wall. That's so good. That's going to huh. be fun. That's going to be fun. Balls to the wall, baby. Balls to the wall. Chris Murray says, so, it's not about winning. Why would you go somewhere to compete? Oh, they're still talking about. Eric, what? Yeah. <laughs> Devin said, Lonzo Ball, six points, five assists, five rebounds, 30 turnovers for tonight's game. 30 turnovers? Damn. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, Brandon said, his dad a cool dad by watching the show. Yeah. I like his dad. Is he the first ever dad that's more famous than the famous athlete? First dad with what? Like that's more famous than the athlete? You think his dad's more famous? Hundred percent, his face is way more recognizable. I think it's pretty close. The camera's about to turn off, but I think it's pretty close. And the camera did turn off. I've been very good at figuring out when it's going to turn off now. Um, I think I think the dad is a little more famous. You're right, and that's probably the first time ever. It's sure. First time ever, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Um, we have okay. I'm going to read a couple of these and go change this. Brandon says Kyrie's the best point guard. Tyler says Westbrook all day. Um, and, probably Westbrook. It, it probably is. And uh, Brandon said Westbrook over Wall. Uh, your bro been drinking too much coffee. All right. Well, no, yeah, you might be right. I I, I was just posing the question. Is <laughs> uh, like what? Hey, you've been drinking too much coffee, bro. Uh, I have drank a lot of coffee today because I like coffee. I drank a twenty-four ouncer already. He has a Red Bull. I had a Red Bull. I had Mette. For those of you who don't know what Mette is, it's a tea in the morning. Herba Mette in the morning. It's with the leaves, loose leaf. And I had... Um, oh, it wasn't, a, it, wasn't, it wasn't full leaf? Well, no, most people drink it out of the... You know, like oh, JC exactly. drinks wasn't, it. It wasn't a full leaf? It was loose leaf. And I also had uh, one Arabic Turkish coffee. Holy shit, I had a lot of caffeine. I always tell him he needs to cut back. It's not safe for his heart. It's 9.30 a.m. and he's had a coffee, a Red Bull, a Turkish coffee, and an Herba Mette. Loose leaf. Loose leaf. That's uh, <laughs> asking for a heart attack at 35. 
And in other news, guys, I hope you guys know. Uh, give me your top five point guards. Well, before I give him my top five point guards, I'm going to be 30 years old in a week. So I just hope you guys all. Halloween. I, I, we don't have to tell him when my birthday is. I don't want anyone wishing me a happy birthday on this show. Halloween. But in about one week or so, I will be 30 years old for the first time and the only time to be 30. So I hope you guys enjoy uh, the 20 year old George for another week. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. He's 29. 29 years old. I'm in my 20s still, but next week I'll be in my 30s at some point uh, during the week. And it's exciting. Drinking a lot of coffee. Um, Devin said, uh, no, I'm going to skip. You guys are talking about that. What's it called? Um, Devin said, I'd take John Wall over Kyrie all day. Um, Chris said, Westbrook over every point guard. Uh, I, Devin said, if I had to start a team today, Westbrook would be my first point guard as well. Yeah, he'd, he'd probably be mine as well. I mean, he has to be, really. I, but, see, I'm, the problem is I'm not, Westbrook's not my type of player to have on my team, to start a team. He's just so – I want to see how he does with Carmelo and Paul George because he's been selfish in the past. Um, I really love that, that, that analogy that Westbrook's been selfish in the past. A lot of people have um, this funny connotation. I, f- I find it funny. That's the best way to say it. A funny okay. connotation that Westbrook's selfish mm-hmm. in the past um, because of his triple-double year. People say he's selfish when, in all pure reality, his triple-double year is actually his highest assist of his career, mm-hmm. so to say. It is. So that's a fact. Um, and previous to that, he actually was on a team with an MVP candidate, MVP winning award player, which in all essence of the word, if you play with an MVP, like you are the sidekick to an MVP, I think in all aspects of the word, selfish would probably have to go down the drain. Like to say Kyrie would be selfish playing with LeBron would be a funny statement because it's like, then how are you both averaging 25 points a game? Like where's selfishness in that? Like, to say that, yeah, I just, it's like saying Dwayne Wade was selfish with LeBron. Well, I mean, well, he shot a couple of shots and maybe he shouldn't have, but LeBron was right. an MVP and they won two championships. Like, that's where I find this connotation of Westbrook being selfish a interesting one. Fair enough. Chuck Thomas says, I take Westbrook over uh, anybody if he had a big man and Durant again. Yeah, probably. Devin said, in my opinion, he's the best point guard in the NBA. Last year, I was saying it was Kyrie. Devin said, Westbrook is like a mini LeBron, can spread the floor and get his teammates involved. Yep. Tyler says, playing D affects your offense. I'd rather be, I'd rather, puss, puss, oh, Russ. I'd rather something be dropping 30 plus and playing okay defense than Conley getting like 18 and playing good D. I guess it depends about the framework of your team. Right. If you're looking for a scoring point guard, that's when you pick the scoring point guard. But having a guy like Conley put up 18 in good defense is also just as valuable. It is very valuable. Depending on the team, again. Right. Devin said, Kerry lost my respect as a top three point guard, um, but he has proven he should be like – he he's proven he should be a two. Yep. Um, Chuck Thomas said, uh, Sammy – there's George on the screen, though. He probably just doesn't know which one was on the screen. This NFC, NFL season has been the craziest I have ever seen. It's been pretty crazy. It's a lot of parody. I agree. And uh, Devin said, who's dad? Haha, ha, George. 
Who's dad what? What dads were we talking about? Uh, uh Rick Flair. Woo! Holy shit. I'm so confused, right? Young guy, thirty <coughs> I'm so confused. But then Flair. Chuck Thomas said young guy, thirty is the new twenty. Um Brandon said, Hell, I'm thirty three, you be alright. Uh Chris I hope said, so. Yeah, seriously, hopefully. Um Chris said, I have a herbal supplement uh to my man. Uh the, I'm so confused right now. Chris, they agree with Chris. He's saying you can't build a team around Kyrie and we will see that. All right. Devin agrees with him. I actually agree. I've said this from the beginning. This is where I don't know if George <laughs> is going to change on this opinion at all. Mm-hmm. But when we started the year, I know you changed on it because Gordon's hurt, but Correct. you kind of had that opinion that Boston could be a number one seed. Are you starting to see why I was saying you can't have a team around Kyrie? No. Well, I, well, no, I can see why, but if you had him and Gordon Hayward, I think they could have worked. But I don't. Now it's a can't. Team. The dude shoots, even yesterday in their win, he was the third leading scorer on the team. Brown and Tatum outscored him, and he shot like five for 17 again. Brown is good. Yeah, but my, my thing, we're talking about Kyrie for a second here. I know. You can't build a team around Kyrie Irving. I think we saw that before. When Dwayne Wade's out, or when LeBron James was out every time, mm-hmm. we saw that it's something you couldn't do. Right. Right? And we'll find and, out more as the season goes. It's early. Like I, that, I'm not going to say that you can't build around Kyrie now. Let's see how this, the rest of the season okay, goes. Okay, I agree. But just for an example, right? Through four games, and I know four games is not a big... But, this is, size, but yeah. this is almost identical to what his stats were before, before LeBron. LeBron and during games LeBron was out. Right. He's, he's averaging six makes to 18 attempts at 37%, averaging 31 from three, mm-hmm. and six assists, four turnovers a game, 20 points. Right. Not like the superstar stats that everyone acts like Kyrie should be. Should be happy. Should be no, no, Fair enough. But, uh, yeah, well, uh, 930, and sure I, let's do this. That being said, we've been coming at you live and direct from the Sound Live Studios in sunny. Everett Washington, thank you for watching, whether that's on Facebook.com slash Live or on our personal Periscopes. I'm at Gjorjur. He's at Gjorjur Sammy. And you can find us on iTunes. Just go to Sant Live and subscribe, S-O-N-T-L-I-V-E. Find us on iTunes and on SoundCloud. Subscribe, leave us a review, and we'll read it out loud on the show. Brandon said Brandon Savings is a good coach. He know what to do with Kyrie. That's one thing that we, we will find out if they're good enough to figure that out. Also, do not forget, George's show is now at noon or Hell noon yeah. Pacific time, 3 o'clock Eastern. My show is at 4 o'clock Pacific time, 7 o'clock Eastern. If you're mountain time or standard something, whatever, I don't know what that is, but 4 o'clock Pacific, 7 o'clock Eastern. It is at 12 Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern. And uh, go Dodgers and go Lonzo tonight. And this was episode 244. And do not forget to stay cool, America. Peace. Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity sales event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about the luxury of versatility and the freedom of a summer day coming together for you at the perfect moment. Lease the 2019 NX300 all-wheel drive for $369 a month for 36 months with $29.99 due assigning. Experience amazing at your Washington area Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details. Not all customers will qualify. Offer valid in the Lexus Eastern area only and in September 3rd, 2019. 
Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees. 